this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Warning, the following broadcast contains adult language, adult content, frank safety discussions, and stories that might sound unbelievable. But believe me, every one of those stories is true. We didn't start the safety war, but we are going to fight to win it. For our families, for our communities, for our workplaces, and for our lives. Let me preface today's episode by saying that OSHA penalties are proposed and may or may not be accurate until the situation is settled. At that point, the citations might be vacated and there might be no citations or fines issued. Everyone is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. This is directly from the OSHA website and the citations we're talking about today. The company has 15 business days from the receipt of their citations and penalties to comply, request an informal conference with OSHA, or contest the findings before the Independent Occupational Safety and Health Review Commission. So, now that we got that out of the way, on to our program. The U.S. Department of Labor has proposed hundreds of thousands in penalties to a store in Florida after an investigation into a fatal shoplifting incident uncovered willful and repeat safety violations. Last year, after struggling with a shoplifter in a failed effort to prevent their escape with merchandise, an employee experienced a medical emergency and died. I did a little bit more research into this situation with the original paperwork from OSHA. The employer received several citations for not reporting a fatality to OSHA within 8 hours, entrapment hazards, meaning their exits were blocked and everything else, emergency exits, paths to travel, things of that nature. And OSHA also noted the employer was issued a hazard alert letter for exposing employees to hazardous conditions associated with workplace violence. OSHA urged the company to develop and train employees on proper procedures in case of a robbery or shoplifting incident and to provide a means for workers to request immediate assistance. Note, right, there is no workplace violence standard for OSHA. According to the paperwork from OSHA, some of these citations were willful, serious, and repeat. Thus, large proposed fines. The repeat violations were a result of other recent investigations. So, some things are obvious here. What are some of my questions, right? What kind of training does the company have for its employees? Do they have any training? Maybe if they had training, this would not have happened. You would have managers aware of what the hazards are. But let's remember, I rarely ever get trained uh, in my training classes, managers that actually are there. That's a rarity for a lot of my customers. When I see them, guess what? I point, I say, welcome to the class and everything else. If any training is done, maybe a basic OSHA compliance training, like in, an, as in an introduction to OSHA outreach class sort of thing, right? That section of the outreach training class is intro to OSHA. The managers in retail that I have spoken to over the years have no knowledge of OSHA or any other requirements, but they are again responsible for compliance at their facilities. I don't blame the managers here. I think if you have multiple violations over multiple years in multiple states, there's some kind of a systemic problem here. Number three, repeat violations. That means that 
your company does not have a way of tracking any of the information and sending it out amongst the company in any form. Because why are you having repeat violations if everyone knows about this stuff going on? And let's remember, OSHA citations in one state can lead to a repeat violation in another state. Willful violations. What are those? Those are usually uh, violations of your stated policy or an obvious thing that you knew, right? You had constructive knowledge of something, right? You should have been doing things. Number five, the alert for workplace violence, there was no citation uh, issued under the general duty clause for that. Is that actually effective to have, hey, we're going to alert you to it? I don't think that they had enough comfort to issue a general duty clause violation. I'm drawing a slight inference here, and I'm not uh, no condemning OSHA for this. They might not have had, been able to make the case for this. That's all. The employer, right? what do you need for a general duty clause violation? You need four things, and these you need all four. One, the employer failed to keep the workplace free of a hazard to which its employees are exposed. Okay, you can pr pretty much uh, identify that. You could, right? The hazard was recognized. Okay, did they recognize the hazard or not? Is it a recognized hazard? Is there an industry standard? In this case, the standard was blocked exits uh, for the fatality and uh, related to fatality and some other stuff. But was the hazard recognized? Did the employer know that this employee might have had a health issue? Number three, the hazard was causing or likely to cause death or serious physical harm. I don't know. Robberies, we do know that robberies at retail establishments, especially like convenience stores or bodegas, as we call them here in New York, there's a high rate of uh, fatalities that happens from robberies. And number four, you need right, you need a feasible and useful method to correct the hazard, right? And it was available, right? Kind of hard for OSHA to prove all four of these things, these elements, especially in this case. And let's remember another thing, right? In this case, the employee's death was likely work-related, but may or may not have been a workman's comp issue Right? They're separate. So just because something is a workers' comp issue does not necessarily make it a workplace reality, a workplace-related type of situation. They're two different systems. One is managed by the state, the other federal government. It sounded like a cardiac event, but I'm not a doctor, so this might be some type of ambiguous situation. And it might have been what we call a widowmaker, where there was no indications of a problem until you have a problem. But... A citation was issued for not reporting a fatality within eight hours. That's a that's a serious thing. You got to report fatalities within eight hours. So what do we do with this? It's obviously an issue with this company that there's a lack of training, lack of communication, something along those lines, and they need probably need an assessment, trying to figure out what OSHA regulations apply to these establishments. But we got to remember that OSHA regulations are the absolute minimum, and you may have to far exceed what the OSHA regulations are. Go to industry standards. Go to common sense. Go to other types of things. So what do you do with any of this? You contact us at 845-269-5772 or jim at safetywords.com, and we can schedule a consultation for you.
Could be a training class, could be more. Why? In this case, I have a feeling that this company is going to continue to have issues. And they're going to continue to lose the safety war. And that's not what we're, what we're about here. We're about winning that safety war. And making your workplace safer. For safety wars, this is Jim Polson. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.